Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. I love singing, I love singing these songs, I love singing these carols and the good news, and knowing that we're going to be doing even more of that on Christmas Eve, and we really do really want to encourage you to, to invite your friends, two, four, and six. Those services will be absolutely identical. Uh, and uh, then the 11 o'clock is a little more laid back, a little different music, but still the same kind of music. And all, all four services close to singing Silent Night to um, Candlelight. And the 11 o'clock service will also include communion. And, and we do like to just keep reminding you, the, the four and six o'clock services historically have been, if you arrive at four o'clock or at six o'clock and you're a group of five or six, you may have a hard time finding good seats unless it's way out in the corners. That's why we encourage you to come early or come to the two o'clock service where it's not as crowded and, and there's a little more space for you there. But uh, make some plans, come. We've got uh, the great uh, pictures, a place for you to bring guests out in the coffee shop and just make it, it's a fun night, a glorious night. And to help you invite, we have these CDs and we have been uh, reminding you about these things. Uh, we, we ordered 3,000 of them, and it doesn't do us any good to have any left. Uh, and what I love about it is it becomes an easy tool to invite people because everybody loves Christmas music this time of year. And the four songs that are on here are done by our folks, songs that we will sing here on Christmas Eve, these versions. And so, as someone was telling me, they took them to, the, to a, a workplace, and, and the, uh, the, the person said thank you and said we we're, we're going to play it on, on our, our our music music or whatever it is uh, through the week and that's great just make them available and on the back then there's a, a, an invitation that's got the information for folks who want to come to be a part of that and I and and again I hope you will do that we're going to talk more about that kind of through this service but but we are the messengers God is is using us to proclaim his good news on this Christmas season. It's, it's incredible good news. And we also want to encourage you to serve because that's what God's family does. We don't do this for ourselves. We do celebrate, yes, and we love to celebrate, but ultimately our celebration is so, it's for the sake of others so that they can know the good news. And that's why we need about 400 volunteers on Christmas Eve. And as you heard, we've got about 90% of those volunteers still have about 10% more to go. And we hope some of you, a couple days ago, you were saying, well, I'm just kind of waiting. I, I'm going to serve somewhere. I'm just kind of waiting to see where I'm needed. And I hope that right after this service, right out here, you will be sure and help us get everything filled so that we can give our guests the best experience, but also so you can have a part in proclaiming the good news, that you're not just coming to sit back and receive, which is kind of where people young in faith go, but you go out with it, you share the good news, not, even th not only through your words, but also through your actions. So I hope that you will do that. You will join us in that as a tool. It actually will help you grow in your faith. It's a, it's a part of our spiritual journey. And along with that, many of you know that on Christmas Eve, our entire offering goes to Starfish Kenya. Starfish Kenya is a mission that was begun many years ago by a family in our church that we now partner. We now probably we provide the vast majority of the funds that go into that to help children, many of them have been orphaned by AIDS, but, but even those who have not come, have difficult family situations, and we provide them a place to be, food, clothing, shelter, um, school, and the good news of the gospel. Every child 
who comes through there. The 150 plus who live on campus, the 200 who come from the area to go to the school, every single one of them hears God's good news, hears that they matter because the world around them has said, you're refuse, you don't matter. Some of them, some of those children literally were, were found in, in garbage dumps. And they now have homes. We had last year uh, some of our first graduate and head off to college. We've had more graduate this year. Uh, And the cool thing is then that because of that and because through the years this church has provided the funds for resources to buy land and and dorms and schools and kitchens and all kinds of things and and, and animal husbandry to provide them food, because of that they have some room again and, and incredibly, they are taking on, after the first of the year, 86 new children. 86. And we have assured them that the Gateway will be there with them to make sure that every one of those children are cared for. So your Christmas Eve offering makes a huge difference. A huge difference. It, it you know... It is, I, I, I shared a couple of stories earlier, but this one really struck me. Just one that Pam, who helps lead this ministry, said, Jacinta, Gloria, and Esther came from Muguruqua, Najinja, Slum, in Nairobi. Their father died of HIV-related cases, and their mother became very affected by this so that she became somehow unstable. Two of these girls have some burn marks on their hands, which they say was as a result of their mother placing a hot knife on them when she wanted to kill them after her husband died of HIV AIDS. The mother is HIV positive and, but ran away from home. The kids have been staying with their grandma and an uncle who also stays in the same slum. The grandma is the one who asked for help, plus we also involved the local authorities. So something official. And so uh, these children are gonna begin school. They're gonna have a home, a safe place, starting in January to make a difference. The father of one destitute family from the kids who start school there in January said, I don't want my kids to have to grow up and live like me. We are, we are changing lives. We are changing generations, guys. And not only with financial means and, and school, but eternity. We are making a huge difference. And, and what you need to know is we have done this for seven years now where we have given away our entire Christmas Eve offering. And it's our largest offering now of the year. And, and some, some of you think, okay, well, I'm going to give. I'm going I'm to put in a little here, a little there. I want you, though, to, have a, to understand the scope of what's happening here. In these last seven years on Christmas Eve, you have given $840,000. And we fully expect to go over a million dollars on our Christmas Eve offerings. Now, what you need to know is that there's another two or three million that you've given at other times. So that they now have dorms that they can keep all these children in. They now have schools where they can educate them from very young through what we would call high school. They have uh, uh, trade training and all kinds of things. So it's an incredible opportunity for generations of children. It is literally going to change their lives and and the generations that follow them to have a better life. And since every single one of these children are taught the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it means not just a better life, but eternal life for them and those that come after them. We do this to impact the lives of those children. And and that by itself is enough of a reason. But there's an added benefit to doing this. You know, 
some of you probably said this, some of you may even think this, one of the biggest complaints against the church today is all they want is my money. All the church wants is my money. I, if I've heard that once, I've heard it a thousand times. Many unchurched people think that that's, that's all churches are doing, is out to try to get people's money. So on Christmas Eve, when we have hundreds, maybe thousands of guests here, we're not only showing how committed we are to taking the love of Christ out into the world to make a difference in the lives of children in Kenya and beyond, we're doing something that a lot of people outside the church find very hard to believe. We're giving it all away. Everything that everybody gives on Christmas Eve, our largest offering in the year, is going to the, for the sake of those children. And I hope and I pray that we surprise the fool out of some people who think, because of this, they think a little bit more about God's church, about Gateway, and about their own lives and what they're doing. We've offered these Christmas Eve services for years. And, and it's an incredible opportunity to celebrate the meaning and purpose of Christmas. But it is also a great opportunity to reach out to those who are disconnected from God, who maybe don't have time for God or have been hurt somewhere along the line, as many of us have in churches, because churches are made up of people just like you and me, where they have the opportunity to hear the good news of the gospel and discover that maybe the things they know about Jesus and about his church aren't the whole story. So we will be offering the best, most relevant, most powerful service we know how in order to proclaim the amazing good news of Jesus Christ, which interestingly Jesus told us to do. He told us. His last words here on earth recorded in Matthew 28, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth. Imagine that. All authority for anything and everything has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of Jesus Christ of all nations, baptizing him in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We call that the great commission. But in fact, it's a direct command from Jesus based on the fact he tells us that through his resurrection, his obedience to God as God the Son, all authority on heaven, on, on earth and in heaven has been given to him. And through that authority, he tells us to go. Go and spread the good news. Not sit, not come, go. It's what the African-Americans sang about over 150 years ago. Go. Tell it on the mountain. As they struggled under incredibly harsh slavery. Yet in spite of that, they had good news to tell and to celebrate. In fact, it's that good news that gave them hope and and what many of us would consider seemingly hopeless situations. Christmas is good news because it tells of God, the creator of everything, the creator of the universe, infinite in power, wisdom, and might, coming to us to become one of us in order to save us. I love the way C.S. Lewis put it. The Son of Man, the Son of God became man to enable men to become sons of God. The Son of God became man to enable 
men to become sons of God. And, and, and everybody loves good news. And, and, and if you're thinking that there are people in your family or at your school or, or in your neighborhood or at your place of work that aren't interested in good news, you're wrong. The only reason it, it may not seem like good news is because either we don't really get what it is and there are a lot of people in churches today still who don't really get the gospel. Some people have grown up in the church. I know I did. And, and for years, I went through the motions thinking I, I, it's just what I was supposed to do. It never struck me the grace of God and his love and how powerful that is. And it has changed my life from being just a church goer to being a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and so... There are many, even some here today probably, who you don't fully get what this good news is or you like some of us who now have been in this for a while who have forgotten how good the good news is. Those of us who, who are Christians, I mean, it, it, we get busy in life and, and we get busy doing other things and, and, and living our lives and, and sometimes forgetting our purpose. We can forget what it's like to ha not really understand why we're here, to feel guilt or fear or regrets or bitterness or boredom. And, and the longer we're Christians, the, the more we, we may take that for granted, the more we may forget just how good the good news really is. See, a lot of people think it's really hard to get to know God. And you've got to follow these rules to get to know them. You've got to do the right things in the right order. And they realize, as we all do, that, that in the ways that, that, that seem to count most, we all feel like we come up short. We all recognize that things aren't the way they're supposed to be, that we don't live our lives the best we could, that we, in fact, the Bible calls sin. And many feel like, because of that, what's the use? Why? Might as well stop trying. But the good news is that we can be set right with God. We get, to, we get to know him like you know your best friend, like you know your husband or your wife or your kids. We get to know them, not through rules or regulations or rituals, but through a relationship that is based on trusting him and simply having faith that he is who he says he is and he does what he says he does. In Romans it says this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Not through works, not through doing good, by faith. So, I mean, this is incredible good news because it means if, if you've screwed up in your life before, like I have, if you've done some things wrong, if it's things aren't where they need to be, it doesn't mean you're out of luck. If you know people who feel like I could never, if I walked in the door, the, 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 the roof of the church would fall in, the good news is, no, it wouldn't. Because those are the very people who went on to become apostles and saints and men and women of God who have often had the biggest impact because they knew how bad they were and how good grace is through trusting Jesus Christ. And when I trust him, there are, there are benefits, there are blessings to my life, and, I, and, and there are a lot of ways that we could talk about that. But I'm going to just, for the sake of this morning, simplify it down to three things of so we know what this good news is that we can then share with others. First, I receive forgiveness for my past. 
But here's the thing, if, you, if we took everything you did or I did or any of us did and we, and we put it together as a movie and we showed it up on the screen, I suspect there's not a one of us who would be really comfortable with everyone seeing everything. There's just some stuff in all of our lives that we're not proud of. And, and we may feel embarrassed, maybe even afraid. But the reality is none of us bat a thousand. Everybody's blown it. Everybody's made mistakes. Everybody has sinned. And yeah, we wish it hadn't happened, but it, it has. But the Bible says in Corinthians, God put the world square with himself through the Messiah or the Christ giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task then of telling everybody what he's doing. God says, when you trust Jesus Christ with your life, he says, I'm gonna take that movie and I'm gonna shred it. I'm gonna burn it. I'm gonna take everything you've ever done and I'm gonna wipe the slate clean and the screens are gonna be erased and none of that stuff has to show again. You're starting over with a brand new life and I want you then to let others know what I have done for you because I offer it to everyone. I mean, that is good news. Good news for us, good news for our neighbor, good news for our friends, good news for our coworkers, good news for our members of our family. I've known a lot of people who go through life with a lot of regret, who feel guilt, who feel shame, who have regret, bitterness, anger, who would love to have a clear conscience. Part of the good news is that Jesus Christ offers that to everyone. Not just you folk who are here in the church. I want to tell you that offer is made to people outside the church who don't think they could ever walk inside the church, who don't think God has a place for them. His good news is precisely for them. The second thing Jesus offers us is a purpose for living in my present. God created you and, and, and everyone you know. And he created all of us for a purpose. We're no accident. But you and I will never know our purpose for our lives until we get to know him. We, we won't know why we were created until we know the one who created us. Until the one who wrote the book, so to speak, gives us the instructions, who tells us about our own particular life. If you know someone who feels like life's missing something or it's just not going where you feel like it ought to or there ought to be more to it, I can tell you the answer is God. God has an answer for that. We were not made to go through life on our own power, through our own means, but through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I mean, abundantly, that means more, overflowing, huge. And he didn't say, I came to give you religion that you might really live. He said, I came to give you life. Because you and I aren't really living as long as we're apart from the source of living, of life, of our creator. We're just there. You get up in the morning, you go to work or you go to school, you go through the routines, you come home during rush hour, watch some TV, go to bed and repeat and repeat and repeat. And maybe sometimes on Saturday you get to sleep a little late and you, 
you think you're really living, but Monday rolls back around and it's just more of the same. You're just existing. But I promise you, every single one of us was made for so much more. God has a mission and a purpose for your life and, 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 and for the lives of everyone you know. It's not just you. There's something he has for those, but they will not know it until they get to know Jesus Christ themselves. So God offers us forgiveness for our past. He offers us a purpose in our present. And third, he, gives, he offers us a home in heaven for our future. A home in heaven. A lot of people think we get to heaven by doing enough good that God kind of puts us on a scale and if we're doing more good than bad, then okay, maybe he'll grade on a curve and let us in. The problem is, it doesn't work that way because heaven is a perfect place and the only way you and I are gonna get in of our own volition, of our own means, is if we're also perfect. Perfect, complete, no mistakes, no problems, no faults, no failings. Heaven is this incredibly wondrous place. The Bible says there are no more tears or sorrows or hurts or pain or suffering or evil. It's incredible. The problem is we're not perfect. I mean, not even close. So the truth of the matter is we don't stand a snowball's chance in Houston <laughs> in making it on our own. If we're going to make it to heaven, we're going to have to get in on someone else's ticket. I love it that this dad gave his son for his birthday a, a trip to the fair. He said, you can bring seven of your buddies along. So the eight kids, the dad and the eight kids went to the fair. And they go in, the dad buys this big old roll of tickets. And, and every time they come up to a new ride, the dad peels off eight tickets and he hands them out to each one so that they can do the ride. And this goes on for a little while, and then, but, but then one time he's handing out the eight tickets and he hands out the eighth one and there's a ninth boy standing there and he says, who are you? He says, well, I'm a new friend of your son's. And he said, if I tell you I'm his friend, you'll give me a ticket too. And the dad did. And on an infinitely greater scale, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ and, and let him become our friend, the one we trust, our heavenly father lets us into heaven and all its wonders. Not because we're good, not because we earned it. We get in on Jesus' ticket. We get in because he was perfect. He was good. Because it's never been about how good we are, but do we believe, do we trust, do we have faith? God came to earth in human form as Jesus Christ lived a perfect life showing us how to live and then died on the cross paying for your sin, my sin, the sins of those who come before us, the sins of those who come after us and then he returned to heaven. And now you and I and our friends and family get to get into heaven on his ticket if we trust him. Not if we're good enough. If we trust him. Romans says the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The free gift. That word is, is there intentionally. It says it's, it's not something you and I earned. We didn't do good enough to get it. It was something given to us, which is part of the beauty of Christmas. We can only receive. 
Think about this. God says we get to know him by trusting him, by following him, by obeying. And if we trust his son with our life, we receive forgiveness for our past. We receive purpose for our present. And we receive a home in heaven for our future. And if that's not good news, incredibly good news, and I don't know what is. And the question is, is if that's a part of your life, is there somebody else you know who would be even a little interested in that? Do you think it would benefit them if you explained it to them? Of course it would. But, but Satan, the devil, has fooled us trying to convince us that, that none of our friends, none of our coworkers, none of our classmates, none of our family members, none of our neighbors care. None of them want to hear good news. But that's wrong. People are searching for good news. There is such a spiritual hunger in our land today. No wonder people are trying all kinds of crazy things. They're looking for something and they can't identify it, but they know there's something more than what they have found. And what we're saying is we believe from the depth of our being that what that is is Jesus Christ. Are we perfect? No. Do we have all the answers? No. But we know the one who does. And we believe, we trust that he will lead us into life eternal, life abundant. I've discovered that the good news of the gospel keeps sounding better and better because the bad news of this world keeps getting worse and worse. That's our message, good news. Good news, especially here at Christmas. And if we have discovered this good news for ourselves and if, if we have allowed it to work in us and on us, then the love of God then drives us to share it with others. The Bible says, for Christ, love compels us. I love that picture. Love compels us. Love pushes us forward. Love drives us to do it, to, to, to go forward. I love that places in us through the working of his Holy Spirit when we put our faith in him. To, to choose to accept others for who they are, to work sacrificially for their good. That it's no longer just about me. Love is, love is not selfish. Love is always looking out beyond ourselves toward others. And every single person you encounter, every person you will see today on television, at the mall, driving down the street, walking in your neighborhood, in your house, every single person matters to God. And as his love invades your life, they increasingly begin to matter to us. We love because he first loved us. And there's, there's not a person on this planet that, that God did not create, that God does not care about, that God believes their life can still matter no matter how far down they think they have gone. God is a God of second, third, fifth, dozen, hundred, million, infinite chances. He will not give up on them. So neither should we. Because Christ's love compels us to love them too. And as we love the people God loves, it builds a bridge, it opens doors for us to share the good news of Jesus. And remember, it is good news. People, most people don't want somebody to, to, to condemn them. Nobody responds well to condemnation. Oh, yeah, I love to be condemned. That's one of my favorite things in life. No. The world around us is dying for someone to tell them they matter and that they are loved. 
People respond to love. And ultimately, it's only love that can really change another person. Not rules, not regulations, not a new environment. You, you, you pick up and you go somewhere else because you think the whole, it'll change, but until you change the heart, it doesn't matter what environment you put yourself in. The world around us changes by allowing love to work through us to change one person at a time. We sometimes think, well, there's all these groups or this is this neighborhood or this whole school. I, great. But ultimately, each one of us is called to just love those we encounter. To be a kind and loving voice to the one or two or three that we're with. If you and I just love the, those that we touch and encounter, God can work through that to change the world. That's his job. Our job is just to be faithful and to love those, those individuals around us. And God has placed some people into your life with whom you can share the good news. He's given you and me the opportunity to join him in his mission to save the planet, to save every person if, if they will say yes. And it may seem overwhelming, and, and, and we may feel fear about that. But the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. In other words, because of that great love that he has for you, he, he wants that love to replace fear, to replace timidity, to, to push those things out of the way in your life so that you know the good news, but more than simply knowing it, you know it so well that you are not ashamed to tell others about it. The Bible is telling us here, it tells us elsewhere, that really the only antidote to fear is love. Loving someone for who they are and working sacrificially for their good. And perhaps the reason we don't share the good news is, is we don't love people enough. We think it's gotta, we gotta feel it. But it's a decision, it's a choice to love them enough that they can find heaven through Jesus Christ. I mean, if I see a building burning and one of my kids is in there, you know, I, I, I don't care how big the flames are, I'm going in after them. And people will say, crazy, don't do it. But, but I'm still going in there because it's my child. And every parent understands that. And when I come out with my child, even if I'm singed or burned, people, people will say, well, you, you were so brave. But I wasn't brave or even courageous or even crazy, it was love. It was love that compelled me. It was love that drove me. It was love that motivated me. I don't think about all the other stuff. I just, I just do what has to be done. And when we love our, our, our family and, and friends enough, we tell them about Jesus. We, people often say we're crazy at first, but when a life is saved for eternity, they're going to suddenly think we're brave. And it's not like we're trying to give them cancer or sell them swampland in Louisiana, for heaven's sake. You're telling people the greatest news on the planet, forgiveness of their past, a purpose for their present, and a home in heaven for their future. I tell you, you and they cannot get a better deal anywhere else except through Jesus Christ. Love is what drives us. Love is what compels us to share the good news 
with people, with individuals, with people we're around. And I encourage you to get as serious about it, especially as we approach Christmas. I don't mean beat somebody over the head. I don't mean grab them by the collar. I mean look for opportunities to tell your story. Look for opportunities to love on them. Look for ways to express the good news. Look for ways to give them a CD and say, hey, we're gonna hear some good news on Thursday evening. Why don't you come and join us? There are folks each one of us needs to be praying about right now. In fact, last year we invited you to do that. Many of you did, prayed three names. I, I have three names. I prayed for those three names all year. None of them have been in church as far as I know since I started praying for them. And I'm still praying for them. I've handed this to one of them and I plan to hand it to the other two in the next couple of days. And I'm just gonna keep, I'm gonna keep at it. I don't know how long it's gonna take. I don't know if it's gonna happen even in my lifetime. But love compels me to do it because Jesus did it for me. Satan's power is great and he's whispering lies to some of us for a long time and telling them it can't be done or it's no use. But God's power can break any stronghold. The Apostle Paul wrote, pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. And Christmas time is a time when people are more open to God. And so we have the opportunity, the, op, the, the, the setting to make the most of this opportunity, this week, to invite folks to hear some good news on Christmas Eve. I mean, I've handed out more than 10 of these to wait staff, to, to people in businesses, people I've never even met before, but they seem, something just tells me to do it. And, and I hope as you walk out these three doors, at each door, there's someone that's gonna have these here, that you take a handful. Like I said, we started out last week at 3,000. If we have any left at all, it's gonna mean somebody maybe missed an opportunity. So we want all of them gone, every single one of them. We don't want one left. We want to, if need be, download them because you have to give away your copy as a way of sharing the good news because we have seen God do amazing things on Christmas Eve here. We've seen, we've seen individuals come. After the first service, a guy walked up to me, a good friend of mine who's been here a long time. He said, I came for the first time on Christmas Eve several years ago, and we've been coming ever since, and God has changed our lives. We, we see families come for the first time, and they discover a home for, their, for themselves, for their family, a church home. We, we've seen w one family invite a, a Muslim friend to come and join them, and he came. And... and who knows what God's gonna do? Perhaps one of the most resistant groups of people on planet Earth today. Do you know that there is, there's some stuff I've been reading in the last few weeks. There's some miraculous things happening around the world in Muslim communities 
where there are Muslims telling us that they are having dreams and visions at night of an individual who beckons to them or talks to them. And when, when people tell them about Jesus, they say, that's who it was. They don't even necessarily know his name, but they are encountering Jesus in the midst of God is working. God is doing miracles. God is, is working across this planet. And the question is, do we want to join in with him? Do we want to be a part of what he is doing? Or do we want to sit back and say, no, that's uncomfortable for me. Or I don't think I can do it. You and I have the opportunity to join in what God is doing to share his good news of Jesus Christ with others. Mother Teresa said, it is Christmas time every time you let God love others through you. Christmas isn't just December 25th. That means Christmas is every day. So I hope that you will be, be generous in giving out the invitations. And if you run out or we run out, you can still invite people. And I hope you, you tell some people, hey, I'll meet you here. I'll walk with you. I'll sit with you. Because ultimately, life's, if it's just about what you get on Christmas Eve... It's, it's kind of all about self. But if we understand Christmas Eve is a tool that God first used to break in on earth to save us, and we are called to follow in the footsteps of the one who came, then Christmas Eve is not about us. It's all about those who aren't here. It's doing what Jesus did, being his hands, his feet, his voice. And know this, that one sign that someone is becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus, becoming more and more like him, is the willingness to share the good news. If you want to grow spiritually, you start sharing. If you reach a certain stopping point or a, 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 a spot in your, your spiritual journey where it feels like you're bumping up against a wall, maybe it's because you haven't yet started sharing. And sharing is not simply a way to get people in the door. Sharing is a part of how God grows you and me spiritually. And if we take those steps, we can do it because God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. It is a step of growing spiritually, but it's also a step you have to take in order to grow spiritually. And, and let me be clear that none of us can give what we don't have. And so if you've been listening to this and you have not committed your life to Jesus Christ, in just a moment, our prayer team's gonna be down here. Come and talk to them. Do not let another, not only another Christmas go by, but another day go by without making the, the, the creator of the universe, the, the Lord of all, the Lord of your life, the savior of your life. Because he wants to do that, not to be a cruel, harsh taskmaster. He wants to because he loves you. You matter to him. If you were the only person who needed him, he still would have died for you. So you need to come and talk to them. And all of us need to go. You know, the, the carol says, go, tell it on the mountain. A little, little boy named Grant, three-year-old Grant, told his mother he learned a new song in children's church about goats on the mountain when Jesus was born. And, and she hadn't heard that one before, so she asked him to sing it to him, and he said, goats, tell it on the mountain. 
over the hills and everywhere. Goats tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. I, I don't know about notes, goats, or notes. <laughs> but I know Jesus, and I know his carol and his word tell us it's not just for goats. It's for us to go and tell wherever we are, to serve, to tell, to give, to be the hands, the feet, of, and voice of Jesus so that Christmas isn't just a day. Christmas is a life of love. God, I pray that you would help every single one of us trust you more and perhaps even trust you for the first time today. And I pray that you will enable us to go and tell. There is such good news. And, and maybe we've forgotten, maybe we've never really let it sink in. Maybe we have some fear. But you have not given us fear, but you have given us a, a, a strength and power and discipline to go and tell. And, and it is my prayer, Father, that you will use us this season in our community to change this world. That you will use us to invest in children around the globe in Kenya, but also to invest in the men, women, and children right here with the good news that Jesus Christ is born. Help us to go and tell, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go and tell. See you Christmas Eve. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.